Hey everyone, welcome back to the M&M Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alex Metzger. Along with me is my co-host, Chase McCallum. Uh, and today, we got a mix of stuff to talk about. We're not uh, kind of playing this right before we started recording. Uh, we were supposed to have a guest on today. Uh, it, it didn't work out, but we, we should have him on next week, and we're really excited. So oh, I won't name just yet, just because uh, you never know what can happen. But uh, yeah, so we were expecting to have that fill up, I think, at least 30 to 35 minutes of this podcast, and, and some were kind of changed on the fly, but that's okay, because we still got some stuff to talk about this week. Um, uh, let's start with the new TV deal. That's probably the biggest news that uh, I guess, uh, you know, we're recording Wednesday night. This is probably a Thursday at some point. Um NBC is no longer going to be partnered with the NHL. Um, it is obviously ESPN had their deal with the NHL. What was it, a couple months ago now? And now it's Turner Sports and the NHL striking a new deal for over the seven years. Um, so I, I'm trying to pull up the uh, the details right now, but TNT and TBS are two of the biggest Turner Sports ones. So uh, it's how, and uh, HBO Max is also something they have. So, um, you know, it's going to be starting... Uh, Next season, this deal, so NBC's done after this season, and it runs through 27, uh, 2028. Um, this is good. This is good for the league, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know about you, Chase. I know there's a lot of pushback on the um, ESPN deal as well, just from what they, they did in the early years. But I'm really happy to see uh, some new channels and maybe some new blood come into this uh, season. Yeah, it'd be cool to see some change in the NHL. That's obviously something people like us always seems to ask for and it's cool to actually get it yeah for sure so i'm just going through the trying to go through the details i'm trying to find some financials i can't find it though but um one of the coolest things is uh you know with tnt and so right here it says uh stanley cup and play, play cup final games televised on ts tnt and tbs starting next year um so like that, that that's huge as it is you know being on tnt um, obviously TNT basketball is a massive thing with uh, Charles Barkley and, and the crew. And, and that's something they've already kind of, people are, are wondering, uh, you know, if they're going to be teased with, uh, you know, is, is someone like Charles Barkley and that crew going to do anything during the NHL playoffs. And even just the fact that that is a possibility to me is uh, really cool. Yeah. I think that's a big question out of all this. Admittedly, I don't know a ton about like TV deal stuff and all that, but the fact that with the ESPN or whatever, like Skip Bayless, I'm pretty sure is going to have to talk about hockey. Like Charles Barkley and these guys might be talking about hockey. Like it's cool to see some of, I don't know if this is going to happen for sure, but it looks like at least some of the more famous American sports personalities might be talking about hockey next year or in the upcoming years, which is cool. Yeah. At least more because you know what, they're both these brands, especially ESPN is push, push their products. So, um, you know, in the past decade or so, ESPN didn't really talk about hockey. And part of that is because it's not a huge draw in the States. The other part is ESPN had no reason to, you know, talk about hockey because they weren't getting paid for it. You know, now they are, you know, they're, they're, they're broadcasting every game and every, I think it's four of the next seven um, Stanley cup finals and, and semifinals will be on ABC, which is owned by ESPN. Um, so like, again, and that's huge news for the, for the league. The fact that, you know, uh, the TNT guys talked about, I don't know if you remember from a couple of years ago, I think it was uh, Charles Barkley who went on a rant about how boring the uh, NBA playoffs are until the semi or until the conference finals, basically. And it's like, I'm watching hockey instead right in the middle of a playoff broadcast, but even the ability that they can openly just talk about it and promote the stuff now is, is so cool. And, you know, um, the, the other thing I want to talk about quickly was uh, there's 25 regular season games on e ABC or ESPN. Um, 
there's 75 national games that will stream on ESPN plus and Hulu streaming is really becoming the way of the future. And I think we all kind of knew it, but these latest deals are really starting to cement that with HBO max Hulu and ESPN plus all being streaming services that you can pick up. And if you want to watch hockey in the States, it sounds like you might need to pick up. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that, that makes sense. It was always going to be the future. It was just, it's an, if not a when, so it's cool to see it's going that way. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm, you know, obviously this doesn't affect us too much just because, um, you know, we're from Canada, obviously. So it doesn't, uh, doesn't really hurt us much, but it's just nice seeing in the States. And I I do, I I really hope that they, you know, these guys try new things, take it a new way. Um, You know, the NBCs, they've done some good for the game and a lot of not good as well. You know, I think in the recent years, they've at least been more willing to, um, switch to things that fans have maybe been asking for, you know, we've seen people get fired and even uh, Pierre McGuire feels like has lesser of a role, but even just the fact that there, he's still a prominent broadcast feature for them. It's like, well, I just don't understand what, what you're doing. And, you know, it, it's kind of the same as the Gary Bettman argument where uh, people go, well, look how much this league's grown by say in the past 10 years since they've had the deal. It's like, okay, but look at how much literally every other league has grown by, you know? Yeah, like it's not impressive when you consider the fact that weren't they like smaller than the NBA when they took over when Batman took over? Yeah, I think so. Or like the NBA was smaller than them. Or yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry. And now it's like the NBA is it's not quite there yet, but it's looking like one day the NBA might rival the NFL and no the NHL just doesn't even belong in the same breath as them at this point. Yeah, exactly. Um anyway, There's also to, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. There's also like second order effects kind of that I think could be cool. Like say Skip Bayless is talking about hockey now on like a semi-regular basis. Like I, I hate that style of content. I have no intention of watching it, but like, you know, damn well that will get more and more people into the game. And then like maybe the next super, the next evolving hockey is written by some guy who got into hockey because he saw it on like a Skip Bayless broadcast or whatever. Oh, right. Exactly. I mean, it just goes the other way too, you know, like uh, our friend Luke decor, you know, he'll, he'll always send us just, or he'll send me, you know, stupid Skip Bayless things on basketball. And I, you know, I'm not the biggest basketball fan, but I find them absolutely hilarious. And that gets me in the sport. And just the fact that he is such a huge audience from those other sports that can, you know, even once mention or once or twice mentioning hockey in, in his, you know, daily shows that last for hours, it, it's just, it's a really big thing. And, you know, I think this is really good for the league and I'm excited. I, uh, so it looks like this is uh, worth one. This agreement is worth one point five seven billion dollars over the seven years. Um, I'm trying to remember what the ESPN and NHL deal was worth. Uh, NHL deal. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think ESPN's gonna. Oh no, that's Turner Sports again. Okay, thanks, Greg. Uh, I, I'm trying not to. I'm trying, I apologize. I'm trying not to leave so much blank, but NHL could net over 600 million for rights package, but it needs NBC. Uh, oh, classic. This was purchased on and, or this was uh, published on NBC. Um, oh my God. This is bad podcasting. I'll keep looking, but um, yeah. So even the 1.67 billion is a pretty huge number for, or 1.57 billion, sorry, for, for seven years. Like I don't even remember what the end, um, NBC one was, but the fact that that's only half your revenue stream is huge. And you know, that that's a good sign right there for the NHL. A hundred percent, especially because I'm not trying to see a flat cap for three years. If I don't have to. Yeah, exactly. And um, 
So the ESPN deal, oh my God, I, ESPN keeps bringing it up. So this one is worth $225 million annually, um, the uh, um, Turner Sports one. And then I'm clicking on the ESPN one. You think they, they, there would be easy enough things to find out of this, but there really is not. Um, like to find the exact figures? Yeah, like... Or even just the reported figures, but the problem is when it's NBC report or when it's um, uh, ESPN reporting on it, it's like, oh my god! So TV package uh, is that because ESPN's paywall? Yeah, I, yeah, like I'm assuming ESPN. Like if they're posting it, they're not gonna. Okay, so ESPN's 400 million per season. There we go. So it's 200. So it's about 625 million dollars per season for seven years. Which is again like so? What's that? Four point three billion dollars? Yep, something like something that. like that. Like that. That's huge. That's awesome. Like and and that's great for the you know the league, the growth of the league. Um, so I'm excited to go and you know I'm excited to see just the new opportunities it'll bring, the new avenues it'll bring, and obviously the, the money is a, a good thing. Yeah, exactly. It's it's great for the league. Just more eyeballs. It's exactly what hockey needs because it's clear that hockey got surpassed. So absolutely. And, and for the growth, if everyone, anyone's wondering the NBC, their 10 year deal is worth $2 billion total. So the NHL is almost doubling or over doubling their value here. And in a three less, uh, three less years as well. So um, yeah, it's good to see. It's exciting. I think for American viewers, I, I know the ESPN thing was a little split because just, you know, again, how ESPN treated their packages, but I, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's a, a good thing for, the league and the fact that it's on two networks, I think is even better if I'm being completely honest, because even if ESPN doesn't say they don't have the Stanley cup finals this year, they know they're going to have it next year. So why would you not try to promote it anyways so that people see what they're in for next year? You know? Yeah. Like it gets everybody's incentives aligned with what is good for hockey, which is awesome. Yep, exactly. So um, I'm very curious to see how the NBC treats uh, or how NBC treats the NHL playoffs this year, because as you know, like in the uh, last couple months of doing something, you might not care too much. And um, the Olympics are starting right as the NHL is ending. And um, it doesn't matter how much the NA- you're paying the NHL, the Olympics is taking priority, understandably so. So it'll be really interesting to see the, the playoffs. But like in the past two years, it's already been on the golf channel or whatever. So I, I don't think it can get much worse. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was hilarious in a really, really sad way. And, and that's why I just, I don't get the people, like, I, I get it. We weren't around when ESPN, the, like before the, the NBC, or we were around, we just weren't really old enough to really understand, right? But, and like, I get ESPN, you know, left a sour taste in people's mouths over a decade ago or whatever. But like, what has NBC done just super properly that has made you go, yeah, this is really the network that I would love. They, they haven't had any competition in the state, so they've refused to grow for a decade. And it's just, it's hurt the product so badly. Yeah, it's like Stockholm Syndrome kind of thing. Yeah, like I, I don't necessarily always enjoy TSN, especially, you know, not always Sportsnet broadcasts. You know, I enjoy people on them aspects of it, but when I, you know, sometimes I realize how lucky we are in Canada to have some of these broadcasts. When you go and watch just an NBC Wednesday night game and you go, oh my God, what is happening right now? Yeah, sometimes it does. It is pretty tough. There's, um, have you seen like the broadcast crew ratings going around from Harmon Dial? No, I have not. 
Oh, they're like trying to get a fan survey out. And I'm just really curious to see how that ends in terms of like how people perceive different broadcast teams. Yeah, that, that is a really interesting. And because it seems just like, I don't know if you, how often. So like one of the things that I've been tuning in for more random Western broadcasts is like, um, cause I'm watching more Colorado avalanche games this year since I'm writing for the team. Right. And yeah. so the, the avalanche has their altitude sports broadcast or whatever. And they're just, it's, it's all really Homerish stuff, which is fine. It's not like Jack Edwards level of Homerish, but when you get out to like the Arizona and Nashville, it's just like some of the times you listen to what the guys talk to on the local broadcast. And you, you literally wonder if you're watching the same game, like the team will get outshot 15 to three and be down three, nothing after one. And the broadcasters will talk about how great the three scoring chances that they actually got in the period where it's like, this is doing nothing for the game of hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the one? I don't know if they were actually talking about it. This is a good thing, but people were kind of celebrating like it on Twitter where the Minnesota wild had won the most games while being outshot this year. Oh yeah. Like that stuff. Literally all that's, and that stuff all the time. That is the best example you could come up with for just like stuff that always happens on those kind of, and not just those kind of broadcasts. Like I fully expect TSN or ESPN or, or Sportsnet or NBC to do the same thing, but it's like, this is not the stuff we should be celebrating guys. No, exactly. Like score effects exist, but you know damn well there's not nuanced takes about score effects as to why that's why they believe it's true. They're just kind of like, oh, winning, good. Yeah, exactly. This is overrated, all results. Exactly. Um, I think that's enough on the TV deal from two Canadians who, again, won't be really affected by it. Um, give us your thoughts on it as well if you don't know you disagree, because it's one of the things that I am genuinely curious to listen to. Um, you know, I know a couple of people in my group chat from the last four on sports site disagree, you know, thought that ESPN should be nowhere near the NHL. And again, I disagree with it uh, strongly, but at the same time, it's interesting, at least hearing the, you know, the different arguments as well. But uh, um, let's move on to uh, just an insane statistic, really. Um, so again, the, the silliest part about this is we're recording this Thursday night, and this could be either maybe sound a little, well, no, I don't think it'll sound strange no matter what, but could he be even more in range by the time we're done recording this? Because the Winnipeg Jets and the uh, Edmonton Oilers play again tonight. Connor McDavid has 81 points in 46 games. That puts him 19 points off of 100 in 10 games. He needs 19 points in 10 more games to 100 points in a 56-game season. A, that is just so insane that it is even a po- partly a possibility for that but b it's even more insane that like it is very much in my opinion within the realm of possibility that he can do this yeah i was actually reading a thread today precisely about this i'll see if i can find it he like oh god i forget his name i followed him on twitter for forever he actually went through and cal- yeah tyler strokes he calculated the probabilities of it and let's see what he got um going through the thread God, sorry about this. It was, <laughs> this is this is a really alarm. good. Uh, you can tell we were completely unprepared coming into this one. Um, yeah. While you look that up, I'll just say, like, even tonight, like, even if he doesn't get a point tonight, and he goes, he needs suddenly um, uh, nineteen in nine games again it it looks more aggressive but the fact that you know i have full confidence that he could go over two points per game for like an eight game stretch is just it's telling of how insanely amazing he is yeah i got it it's a 23 20.3 percent chance that mcdavid hits 100 points as of right now that's insane a a one in five chance that a guy like that is just incredible yeah, I'm on the, team uh, the heart should go to a goalie almost every year. 
And I think this season is one of these exceptions where McDavid's just like, he should win the heart unanimously. I would say it has to be unanimous, right? Like I, I saw, I, I said, maybe you could vote for Hellebuck still, but like he's got seven more goals above replacement according to evolving hockey than any other player in the league. Patrice yeah. Bergeron is second at 14.8. He's been just absolutely insane. Him hitting a hundred like, points would be fucking awesome. I really hope he does actually. Yeah. And like this, um, I think I was listening to Overdrive yesterday, actually, and they just made a, a really good point, in my opinion, that um, this has been like just the most unrivaled dominance we have seen in years, like more than like Pete Crosby, because even Pete Crosby, unfortunately, had health issues and yeah. he had Pete Malkin and Pete Ovechkin right there with them. There's just no one even remotely close people are trying to hot take mckinnon hell it was in the playoffs last year people were trying to say mckinnon's a better player than mcdavid um you know going into the year you said maybe there's a, like we said there may be a statistical argument you know we both said no but there's just no this year has just shown that there's no one close to mcdavid and you know that's the first thing in a, in a long time you know like that and there's no reason for that to change over the next six or seven years you know what i mean yeah like he just looks so head and shoulders and it's funny because like we were saying i've heard this brought up like there was talks in the summer by some people being like oh is he actually the best player on earth and like for that argument to be true that other people were that close to mcdavid you basically had to believe that defense the least repeatable part of hockey was like perfectly repeatable and it's kind of funny to see how much that's blown up in people's faces oh absolutely and you know it's just yeah, like I, I, this is one of the things, and I, I get people kind of clown on the um, North Division a little bit, and you know, rightfully so. There's not a, a ton of strong teams by any means in the division, but it's not like the West is, you know, the West has two really, really good teams. The Minnesota Wild are fine. They have four teams that are absolutely horrendous, and the St. Louis Blues are some days they're good, some days they are also horrendous. Like, it's not like that division is super strong. The Capitals have the Devils, Sabres, and Flyers in it, and then the top five teams are all fine, but I wouldn't call any of the top five teams as good as, like, a Toronto. And then, again, like, the, the Central's got, I would say, two really good, like, really, really, really good teams. The Panthers are a solid team and five not good teams at all. So, you know, the whole clowning on the North Division, it doesn't really apply when you just look at how good McDavid's been. Exactly, and same with everybody's making fun of because of the offense, but it's like – well, going into the year, if you had to predict like your best estimate of like the top 10 offensive players in the season, pretty much every list would contain McDavid, Matthews, Dreisaitl, and Marner. Like that's yep. not that absurd to think. I that think some might even, well, maybe not Pedersen, but like, I think some people might've, you know, put Pedersen in that mix too. Maybe one of the Winnipeg, you know, like Kyle Connor or Blake Wheeler. They just yeah, put up points. And Winnipeg's always been able to score. Exactly. Like, it's not like Connor McDavid being great offensively is something where we were like, oh, we couldn't have seen this coming. It must be the division sucks. Yeah. And like, they're granted, like, again, there is a lot of goals happening. But the fact that McDavid is not just, it's not just the points that are McDavid. It's not like, like, the, the coolest thing about this, and maybe this is, you know, like I say, they were trying to, people are trying to hot take the McKinnon over McDavid stuff. Well, last year, like, McDavid didn't, 
didn't play defense. You know, he sucked at defense, him and Dreisaitl both. And that's been the story of his career, really. This year, he's not a Selkie winner by any means, but he is above average, slightly above average defensively. And when you were 30 times better than anyone offensively, average is all you need at all. Exactly. Like he, he looks like peak Sid right now, statistically, he's probably got a better penalty differential, but like Sid was never great at defense. It was just like, as long as you produce like one or two like goals above replacement defensively, if you're the best player in the league offensively, like that's huge. As long as you're just not like an active cancer out there, you're set and you can be way better than everyone else. Exactly. And you know, and I'm just going to harp on this too, because again, like, if you look at the top 30 point scores in the league this year, how many do you think are on Canadian teams? Uh, 10. Two. I don't think it's even that many. Three. It is seven. Seven. You have so McDavid that's, that's one, dry settle two. Easy. Yeah. McDavid one, dry settle two, minor five, Matthew six, uh, Shifley's 11th. Um, and then you have. Ehlers is 20th um, and then Kyle Connors 29th and that ran and then Pavelski runs out 30 and John Tavares is 32nd. He's technically tied for 30th, I guess, but um, yeah, like there's, it's not like, it's not like 20 of the top 30 goal or point scores in, in this league are on Canadian teams. There's literally less than you might expect. And it's just four in the top 10. And again, it's four players that we saw in the top 10, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Matthews, Martyr. If I told you, in any, you know, don't, it doesn't matter the divisions they're playing in. That's four of the top 10 point scorers in the league. You go, yep, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And like, if say you're like really into fantasy, so you're going to be making like seriously well calibrated projections, like you might have to dock McDavid's production this year by like five points or whatever, but it's not like you're being like, oh, he was actually just a point per game player. Yeah. But, and like, even next year, he's going to go back to that, um, to the West division where he gets to beat up on the Kings, Ducks, Sharks, and the Coyotes uh, four times each a year, you know, like it's not like the, the competition gets a little better, but you get to play bad teams just as much too. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. It's so, not like yeah. things magically get super difficult all of a sudden. No, he's just, it's really tough. But yeah, I think he's got to be unanimous MVP at this point. Um, I, I, I will be shocked if anyone votes for anyone else, you know, even like it, it feels like a lot of the American writers are kind of like, Oh yeah. Like what McDavid's doing is just insane. And it is like, he's, he's literally 15 points up on anyone else for points in the league. And the next person's his damn teammate in Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's uh, I would expect it to be unanimous. I think it would be, it'd be crazy if it's not, but there's no way like this has got to be one of the most locked up awards I've seen in the, in a very long time, right? Like, I, I don't, I, I'm trying to think of the last time it was just this obvious that there was no other candidate. Yeah, but, God, I don't know. It's definitely maybe like. Because even the Kucherov year, there was an argument that like, you shouldn't just give it to the guy who has most points. There's more valuable. Yeah. Because like, there's usually a, like the Kucherov year, I think I probably even gave it to like a John Gibson or something like that. But like. McDavid's just been so head and shoulders above the rest. And like you said, Sid always had OV or like Malkin and stuff. So it wasn't quite so obvious. This is just ridiculous. Absolutely. 
Um, the other thing I want to talk about, uh, the Vancouver Ottawa Senators, sorry, are now no longer the last team in the North Division. Uh, this will probably be outdated uh, within days of the podcast coming out, I would assume. Uh, Ottawa passed them after winning tonight. They are now 42 points to Vancouver's 41, but uh, Vancouver has seven games more left to play, seven games in hand on Ottawa. Um, so I would uh, very confidently expect them to pass, but I got to laugh out of finally seeing Ottawa not be the last team in this division for the first time in probably since the fifth day of the season, honestly. It sounds like the season literally just started. Yeah, but it's um it's been a mess. So we're we're gonna get to our top ten teams that we think have the best chance of winning the Stanley Cup. So you know, obviously that's gonna be doing things like including um um where they are in the division and stuff like that too. But uh you know, the one thing like in the the North right now, it is a a battle to see who can just not make the playoffs. Like Montreal's been sputtering. They're four six and zero in their last ten. Calgary's five five and zero. Uh, Vancouver's four, five, and one. Ottawa's six and four, but Ottawa's so far out of it, it doesn't matter. Like, I think three more points for Montreal, and or maybe it's four more points, and Ottawa's eliminated from the playoffs mathematically. Like, they're they're just about done. But like the Canadians seriously faltered. Like, I think they dropped four or five in a row at one point, and Calgary looked at that and went, We are not gonna make any ground up whatsoever. Yeah, Calgary really blew this. We but we were so high on them, and God they let us down. They were just handed the opportunity on a silver platter and they just threw it away. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's, um, it's, it's kind of amazing too. And like even the Canucks, you know, they, they swept Toronto and back-to-back games there, you know, take four points coming off of COVID and, and people are starting to look and they go, you know, they got four in a row against Ottawa. If they take all four in a row, they would have been, I think two points out of a playoff spot with a game in hand. Yeah, no, they, they drop, uh, two of three or two of four, I believe, to Ottawa, maybe even three of four. Uh, it was three of four to Ottawa. They got they got two points in Ottawa. The Ottawa beat them 3-0, lost, and then Vancouver won 4-2, Ottawa won 2-1, and then today 6-3. Uh, now they're just they're, they're out of it again. Like, they're, they're 10 points back. They have four games in hand on Montreal, but, again, you got to start playing those games, and there's only 16 games left in their schedule. So uh, it just feels like a near-impossible task. Yeah, and that's why I loved when they, people were like, oh, well, if they go 5-0 and here, 4-0 and or whatever, it's like, well, you just don't do that in the NHL. Like, the, everyone will have stretches, obviously, but the Avalanche probably only have, like, two or three just clean sweeps this year, if that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, like I, I said, you know, I was one of the people who tweeted out. I was like, if they can do this, but you know, I right away was like, by the way, I don't think they will do this. Even you know, the worst team in the league. Like, if you play Buffalo on maybe except for that twelve game losing streak, obviously Buffalo's on. But even now, you play Buffalo four games in a row. I can guarantee you're not taking all eight points. Like Buffalo's going to steal one from you. And that's just how the NHL works, you know? And when you're a bad team, like if it's New Jersey playing Buffalo four times, you probably split the series. And that's exactly what happened. Except, you know, actually it works for um, uh, Vancouver in this situation, you know? Yeah, exactly. So I I don't know. Like, I I think it's, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, I just, I kind of laugh because again, we talked about it last week for a little bit where, you know, everyone is trying to make it a a story, but Montreal and Toronto play each other four times over the next 11 days, I want to say. And then they're probably going to play each other four to seven more times in a playoff series because it looks, it's like a 70% chance. That's what the series is going to be, which is, uh, I kind of hope some bad blood develops over the next four days. Cause that could, I mean, I'm excited for that playoff series. Anyways, Toronto versus Montreal in the playoffs is awesome. 
But if the the two two teams go in there absolutely hating each other before that, that would be even better. Yeah, it'd be cool to start that way. Although I have a feeling it's gonna end that way no matter what. Probably. I mean, like just seeing you know what the two teams are, I would be pretty surprised if it didn't. Generally speaking, but it's kind of too perfect not to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about throughout the league here? I don't think so. We're relatively quiet week around the league, minus the deal, I guess. It, it has been for news. The one thing I want to talk about quickly, just a couple of players that I know has been getting some love online. Um, uh, one in the, the Norris talk here, and that's Adam Fox, who has just been absolutely unreal this year. Um, I was, you know, when we did our Norris calculations at the be- uh, halfway through the year, so what, a, a month and a half ago maybe, I had left him off my ballot. He was one of the guys I was considering. I think he's got to be a front runner this year, to be honest. Like, I, I, he's easy top three for me now. Yeah, I had him on, but, like, I think I had him, like, third, maybe fourth or whatever. But, like, he's he looks absolutely freaking amazing. And I think he should probably win it if we're doing it right now. Yeah, like, I find that very hard to argue against, to be honest. Like, uh, it's – like, he's just – he's unreal statistically or advanced stats, uh, his real stats, I'm pretty sure. And he's – like, the thing that's going for him is that he's got – he's leading in, like, plus minus and stuff like that too. So he might just get some of those old-time voters too. Yeah, and exist. I think people have done a really good job this week of dismantling the fact that, oh, he doesn't play against tough competition and shit like that too. Like, it's just, I don't know how far reaching that's going to go, but like every logical and illogical thing points to him, except for literally the name on the back of the jersey. Yep, absolutely. Um, I don't know if I have anything other than that. I've been trying to stall because I've been making my list here because um, class, I don't know why I didn't do this before we began, <laughs> to be honest. Do you have your list done? Yeah, I got mine. All right, great. So I might get you to start with 10 and do an explanation of why. If I could find one more topic, that would be awesome. But I there, I thought there was one more thing I wanted to mention. But for the life of me, I cannot figure out what it was. Um, the Marco Rossi stuff was scary this week. You sent uh, um, a paragraph on that to me. That was uh, tough to tough to read. Yeah, that's freaking wild. For those who don't know, they wrote a story about Marco Rossi on The Athletic, just about dealing with COVID or whatever. And it makes the idiots who argue like, oh, COVID isn't that bad for young people in shape. It just makes that argument look so so ridiculous because Marco Rossi is like scared for his life. And he's obviously in better shape than almost anyone you've ever met because he's an elite prospect. Yeah, like it was literally like uh, it was Michael Russo, I believe, who, who wrote it. Um, if anyone wants to go read it, but... Um, there's, you know, the, the paragraph Chase sent me and someone else tweeted out, but it was basically him saying like, I, I had my parents stay on my bedside when I went to bed. Cause I just cry. I, was, I went to bed crying thinking I wasn't going to wake up the next day, which is like, it just, it's, it's sad, obviously. And it's, it's, um, but it puts into perspective. Yeah. Like this is a pro athlete and think of how many other people have unfortunately had to be in the same position, you know? Yeah. Like, I think the story came out within like 24 hours of the Joe Rogan podcast being like, well, if I'm 21 and taking my vitamins, I, I wouldn't want the vaccine or be that scared or whatever. And it's like, yeah, this is, this is still real shit that affects even young, healthy people, even if they're not going to die. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I feel like anyone listening to our podcast probably doesn't, uh, need to be told to take it seriously, but, uh, it's still just, uh, 
you know, you, you never want to see that, right? Like it just, it's, it's something that you, you just, you feel bad reading that someone even had to go through that. And then you realize how many more people are going through that and, and can't have it documented or anything like that, you know? Yeah. It's cool that his story can get out there and hopefully that encourages like just someone else to take the vaccine or whatever. Not that there's that many people among hockey analytics circles that uh, are probably anti-vaxxers, but still. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, I think I'm almost ready. I'm just cleaning up the bottom of my list, but I'll get you to go first. So this is the top 10 teams we think have the best odds of winning the Stanley Cup as it stands right now. Um, so basically what we did, instead of just looking at uh, the standings, obviously, um, we're trying to factor in division, who's been hot recently, you know, not just going straight to money puck and being like, oh, I like this team or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I, to, for me, I tried to factor in division pretty heavily who I think is going to have a much harder time getting out of it. And then, you know, just, you know, uh, the factors of the, the good teams of, of course, as well. So, um, why don't you start, who do you have as the most like, or the, the 10th most likely team to win the Stanley cup this year? All right. So speaking of not going to money puck, my first team is off market. They don't have them in the top 10. I have the Florida Panthers 10. Yeah, I think I, I, that's right around where I'm. I'm just again, I'm finishing at the bottom of my list. It's between them and another team that I kind of have at the 10, 11, 9, 10, 11 area. Yeah, like I, I don't know. I haven't like calculated this out, and I know they lost Ekblad, but like the Florida Panthers have just been so good this year. You have a very difficult time convincing me there are ten better teams than them in the league. The goaltending still scares me. No. Um, What's his name? Yeah, Vlad sucks. But just the way the team as a whole has been playing, we know hockey's a strong link game. So the way Barkov has been playing, he's like a legit number one forward. I don't think they're like close to favorites or anything, but 10th is, I still think they're a fantastic team. And I would not be convinced that they're outside the top 10, maybe 11, but. Yeah, I think that's a very fair argument. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get you to give me nine as well, just because I have one more spot. I'm still trying to fill here. At nine, uh, this feels really gross because I guess I'm calling them an average playoff team and we've been so low on them for so long, but I think I have to put the New York Islanders just because of how good all their underlying numbers are this year. That's okay. So that's who I had at uh, a 10 right now. That makes sense. Like they're right in that range. To me. I'm still not bought in fully. Like I still don't think they're a top five team. I don't really think many people do unless you're a New York Islanders fan, but like their path to the cup looks far more reasonable this year than any other year. Yeah. So that's really the biggest thing for me. And I honestly, I have like three teams in their division for the same reason, just because it's like, they're all four teams that are going to make playoffs in that, in that division. I, I like one more than the other. And that one team, you know, might surprise a couple people, but the other three, I really think are just a toss up that like, if they go and play a series, it'll be relatively close to 50, 50, you know? Yeah. I have all four of that division in here. Cause it's not like, like no one's playing the abs in this division. That's going to have a 30% chance of just making it around one. Like they're all relatively equal at the top. So they all four can be in there. Well, the other divisions are more top heavy. Absolutely. And I, uh, I just left one out of mine. I'll get to them in a sec after I do my nine, but, and that's why, you know, um, I'll just say right now, I don't have the Minnesota wild on my list. I think they're a really good team. I have them 12th, but it's because they have to go through both Colorado and Vegas likely to, you know, make it to the conference finals alone. And, and just their, 
you know, again, I, I think the Minnesota's a really strong team, but they're just not as strong as those two even better teams, which is just, it's not their fault. It's just that that's why, you know, that they have such a less, less of a chance in my eyes. Yeah. hundred percent. Cause there's like, in my opinion, there's five distinct contenders and Minnesota would have to probably go through two of them, which is just so difficult to do. Like even just getting out of one is tough. Never mind, you have to do both and then start getting into other divisions. Yeah, I think there's five or six, maybe five to five, definitely. Yeah. And then there's probably a handful where it's like, honestly, I would say there's probably four. No, no. Okay. I'll go with five. I'll go with five. Five teams that are like really obviously just contenders. And then there's like, four more four to five more that it's like yeah you can definitely make a case but it's like not as strong like you kind of have to bend your mind not bend your mind but it's like things definitely have to go right you know yeah i I, for nine i have the islanders to me the islanders are the start where it's like i'm not going to be blown away they win the cup like i've carol or florida 10 but like it would still be a little absurd to me if the panthers won the cup from there on in I, I wouldn't be that shocked with any outcome. Yeah, I have Florida 9. I kind of forgot they don't have Ekblad. I keep forgetting that, to be honest. But, um, yeah, like 9 and 10, I wouldn't be super shocked if either one. But, like, you know, 11, 12, um, yeah, I just – I don't know. Like, it's one of those things where I, I just I, – I don't think – like, there's a couple teams where it's like, yeah, it really has to go right. And um, – New York, the, the biggest thing I think is for me is still going to be scoring goals. You know, like they went and they made a, you know, the deadline ad um, picking up what's his name from New Jersey. Um, Paul Mary. Yep. And that's a, that, that was a huge ad for them. You know, we talked about how we kind of do like this team, but for me, the biggest question is, are they going to have the depth scoring? And, and that's, what's really going to have to go right. And you're going to need Semon Varlamov to be what he's been all year in the playoffs as well, which, um, Sure, maybe, but I, I don't know. Like, how how, uh, how much weight do you want to put in that? That's your choice. Yeah, it's always kind of funny. People think they can predict goaltending and then the playoff happens, and then weird shit just kind of happens every year. Like, team people get so overly certain going into playoffs that certain teams have a huge goaltending edge, and then you get Sergei Bobrovsky putting up his 890 in the playoffs despite being, like, the best goalie in the league that year. So it's tough to put any stock into that. Oh yeah. It's just, it's so random, right? Like it's just, it's seven game samples, you know, like, um, you know, all it takes is one guy to just feel good for a couple of days and, and suddenly boom, you know, it's Tampa Bay lightning are out or um, the Colorado avalanche are out of the playoff spot. So uh, it'll be interesting to keep our eyes on. Um, so yeah, I, I had my nine and 10 flipped in the reverse order. Who did you have at eight? At eight, I expected to be higher on this team than I am, especially because they're surging right now. But I still have the Penguins eight. Yeah, I, I that's uh, very fair. I have them eleventh, to be honest. I just left them off. I, I think you can make an argument they could be ninth or tenth. Again, like I don't know. To me, it's just the the biggest problem. And you know, we just talked about goaltending is, and you know, maybe it definitely goes both ways a little bit. But like Tristan Jari, I I don't know. Like, how confident are you going in with the Penguins goaltending into the playoffs here? Uh, not very. That's, as far as calibrating everything based on what we just said about goaltending being unpredictable, they do – their expected value of their tandem is among the worst of all the playoff teams. 
Yeah, and like that, and they've been playing, and like they've been dealing with injuries all year, um, you know. But like they they've been playing Cody Cece a bulk in their top four, and Cece hasn't even been too bad. But uh, I just don't think you know some of that's a recipe for success in the playoffs. The more I think about this, you know, with the Ekblad injury, I might put Pittsburgh nine and Florida eleven. I might flip those two teams to be honest. But I I don't know. I this is one of the teams where it's like you can't count them out just because of how good Sid still is. And you know, Malkin, obviously he's hurt right now, but um they really just this is a team that I think really needs they need their goaltending to stay good because I don't trust Jari or DeSmith. So they need that to be at least average. Uh, they need health from their big players and every one of their blue liners. And um, obviously any team needs health, but this team is just has a knack for getting injured. It's seemingly more than other teams do. Yeah. It's like they signed a deal with the devil to get Sid and Malkin that at least in Latang, one of them is going to be hurt at all times, but I just yes. like, like they're, they have like Crosby's still playing close. Obviously Nick David's running away with the heart, but like Crosby's playing as like a top five forward in the league and as long as he's doing that and they don't have to go through an obviously great team, I'd still have a tough time leaving them out of the top 10. Yeah, that's fair. And again, like I think I have Washington at eight. It was basically a coin flip between Pittsburgh and Washington right around in this area. And, um, you know, the only reason I'm going with the Capitals is just, I, I do think that they're under, I, I think they're always just generally better than their underlying metrics um, suggest. You know, obviously like we have just, um, well, years, honestly, of data to, to kind of prove that, that, you know, their, their shooting talent is way better than their underlying numbers, but even their underlying numbers have been average so far. And just, um, I, I think the biggest thing here for me is I, again, like home ice just kind of tilts it a little bit. I don't think home ice is going to have a massive impact by any means, but you know, like they might be able to get the Islanders in round one who, I think, you know, as good as they are still might be the fourth best team in this division. If you think the Penguins and Capitals are clicking at all cylinders, um, so, you know, maybe you get to avoid one of the Bruins or Penguins, uh, in, in round one, and that's an advantage right there. And so that's why I have them a little bit ahead of the Penguins. Yeah. I have the Caps one spot. I have the Caps seven, because I think they are just distinctly better. They have slightly better underlying metrics, slightly more points. I think it's, it's pretty easy. I think betting markets are higher on the Capitals. Like, and like you said, we're on what? How long has it been since basically since Dale Hunter left, they've been outperforming their XG. So it's obviously real capitals are a good team. I, they're just not a great team. So like this area makes sense for them. Yoda made Ivan seven. I think that's perfect for them. Yep. I'm going to assume seven. The team I have seven is not on your list then. Who's still less. I have Edmonton at seven. So I don't have Edmonton. I think that's fair. Uh, Again. So I was not going to have Edmonton. The recent Jets injuries have scared me. Like, Ehlers is out until at least the playoffs. Wheeler's been dealing with an injury all year. The Jets were not very high on to begin with. If Ehlers is not 100% healthy come playoff time, I don't give the Jets any chance in this series, aside from Hellebuck obviously standing on his head. Um, And just for that fact is why I have Edmonton higher than some teams. Because, you know, again, it's kind of the opposite of what we just said with these four teams in the Boston-Pittsburgh uh, Islanders, Washington area, where they are no matter what are going to have two solid teams to go through. You know, um, Minnesota is going to have two elite teams to go through. One of Vegas or Colorado is going to have a good team and an elite team to go through. And we'll get to the other division in a second as well. Uh, the Oilers very well could have what I consider a 
average or below average team. And then they need to, you know, squeak one out against the Maple Leafs. And again, like, I think the Maple Leafs will be favored, but it's not like it's like 60, 40 or anything like that. Like I think it would be 55, 45 Maple Leafs. And when you have Connor McDavid, who we just spent 15 minutes raving about on the podcast, you can play Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl combined probably 54 minutes in a playoff game. What like separately, I'm going to give this team a chance no matter what, you know, their biggest questions in that as well. You know, Mike Smith, he's been unreal this year, but what are you going to get out of him in the playoffs? That's my biggest issue, but just for how easy I think this division could be for round one, that's why I bumped them up. Yeah, that's fair. And for what it's worth, I think you have them closer to betting markets than I do. I just, I still don't think they're that good of a team. Like even with McDavid going, just destroying the league, they have like a slightly above positive RAPM XG differential because yeah. like the rest of their team is still so their bad. depth is ass. And, and like, that's why it's like, I don't know. That's the biggest holdback for them is you obviously need some depth scoring, but again, like at the same time, like, I don't know. It, to me, there's definitely a scenario where they play Toronto, beat Toronto in six games because McDavid played 28 minutes a night and Dreisaitl played 27 or something just ludicrous like that, you know? And uh, it's just randomly they get a Jujar Kara goal in the third period of game six or seven or whatever. And, you know, there's just no other team in this division that I can see. And to me, just the fact that that's kind of all they have to do to put themselves in the final four um, should give them a better chance than some other teams. I don't think they're an unreal team by any means. I just think having two of the top five players on the planet or whatever, and also a week, a relatively weak division to go through in terms of, you know, what some of the other guys might have to, that gave them a boost. Yeah, you can see their path relatively easily, especially in like the 30% of outcomes that Toronto just get bounced in round one, which is still very, very possible. The one other problem with Edmonton, I don't know how much stock to put into this because people said this after the Leaf loss. They're like, well, you can't, having good special teams is actually kind of a bad thing in the playoffs because you don't uh, get very many penalties, even though they said that in a year that the Tampa Bay Lightning won the cup. So it's it's a little stupid to me, but like 40 of McDavid's points have come on the power play. And he's not going to get that many opportunities in the playoffs either. Yeah, I think that's fair, especially with um, with Edmonton, you know, where it's like a big per- part of the production comes on the power play. But um, yeah, I, I would say it's a concern. I, I don't think it to me it's enough to bump them down, but I, I do think it's a very valid point that, um, you know, you, it's not that you don't need good special teams in the playoffs. It's that, it's not that at all. If you think that you're dumb, but uh, it's more just like nothing gets called sometimes in the playoffs. So instead of having four power plays in a game, you might have two, right? Like, yeah, a hundred percent. Um, so, okay. So there's our seven. So we're in the top six. I'm assuming we're probably going to have the top six in a different, probably in a different order, but, uh, give me your six. My sixth. I yep. kind of wanted them to have to be higher, but they've been so pedestrian with their metrics. I have the Boston Bruins. Okay. I have them one spot higher. I have Boston five. Okay. And I, I agree. Honestly, I put Boston five without even looking at how, like, I thought they've been playing way better as of recently. Um, their, their record shows it like they're seven, three and oh, in their last 10, but yeah, their underlying metrics aren't as strong. I really like this team though, man. They're an amazing team. And I think there's the potential, like they made kind of the perfect headline moves to fix the exact problem they had. So it would not shock me if we're kind of looking back being like, yeah, they're one of the best, teams in the league and we should have obviously saw it because they were super top heavy and they filled out everything they needed at the deadline. 
Yeah, and I think I'm kind of leaning really heavy into that. You know, like I Taylor Hall's looked amazing. Shocker, right? Um, Taylor Hall's looked amazing in a Boston uniform. Mike Riley's been exactly what they've needed him to be, just another defenseman on the left side there to just play minutes, you know? Um, I just – this is why, you know – and, again, we've talked about this division so much already, but uh, I think this is the best team in the division, in my opinion. I think it's close. Like, I don't think they're obviously better. They're pretty close. But I would have Boston slightly ahead of any of the other three. And, to me, that gives them a big boost that – the, the, they're definitely going to have to go through two good teams, but I don't see them going through an elite team. Yeah, that's one thing that works super well in their favor. I could see an argument, which I think you might be doing, where like they're ahead of one of Carolina or Vegas simply because Carolina and Vegas have to go through a juggernaut to get out of their division, and Boston does not. Yes, yeah, so that is exactly why I have Carolina six. And... <sighs> Looking at this, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I should have had them a little higher. I like this Carolina team. I love it. Uh, you know, uh, the biggest thing for them is they need to get first place in this division if they want to really boost. Like, if Carolina gets first place in this division, I think they boost up to, like, three or four in cup odds, in my opinion, from, like, six. Um, yeah, I have, like, four right now. Yeah. Hoping that they win. Yeah, if they have like they, that first round, that'll suck. They they have a two point lead on Panthers and two games in hand, and a three point lead on the Lightning with the equal amount of games. But you know, there's still seven games left to play, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Canes and Lightning actually played each other a couple of times. Actually, no, they don't. Okay, you know, the, wow, yeah, this might change mine a little. The Hurricanes had the Red Wings, Blue Jackets, Blackhawks, 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 then two against the Predators left. That is a really money schedule to the lock up this division. Man, I'll keep mine, but you know, if Carolina wins, I think like Carolina winning that division jolts them up three spots probably alone for me, or two spots easy. Like they're yeah, probably in fourth because they get to play. Like, is Nashville going to be the worst team in the playoffs? Yeah, it depends how low you are in St. Louis or Montreal. Yeah, like. I guess, uh, what's it called? Dallas could still make it, which is, they'll be a little bit better, but like they're playing one of the three worst teams in the playoffs, basically, no matter who makes it, which is absolutely huge. Yeah. And I mean, like if Dallas made it today, their total record ignoring overtime and regulation losses would be 21 and 28. They've lost 28 times this year, but 12 of them have been in overtime. It's all about getting that extra point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's why I, I have Carolina six, uh, I don't know. Like, it's just, it, it, it's uh, one of those things where I probably should have looked a little closer in the standings, but I, I could really still see the lightning um, taking that first spot. And if that's the case, I think that, you know, the, I would still bet on the Panthers coming or the, the hurricane, sorry, coming out of the division or in round two, but the, um, the series probably swing. Like if it's hurricanes predators, what do you put that at? 60, 40, 62, maybe. For hurricanes, sixty-two, yeah, something like that. So, yeah, like maybe even as high as sixty-five. If you know you're really into the analytically into the hurricanes, which I I don't blame you. If they play the Panthers, it's probably close to fifty-five, forty-five, ish. Yeah, it's like a slightly weighted coin flip because like the Panthers are good enough that they're not going to be an easy out. Yeah, man. Like with Ekblad, I would say maybe even be like fifty-four or something like that. You know, probably fifty-three, fifty-four. But uh, it's. 
yeah, it's one of those things where um, winning the division is going to be crucial. And, you know, I, I kind of didn't realize where they were in the division. I, I still think I could see Tampa pulling this one out anyways. But, um, yeah, that's why I had Carolina six. I just – I really think this Tampa Bay team is so good too that, like, I, I almost – like, we have they haven't played Kucherov and they've been missing Stamkos for, what, 15 games now too. And they're still one of the best teams. They're top 10 team in possession and they're, you know – third in their division, which is one of the, you know, top, most top heavy divisions for the top three. And they're two points out of uh, first place, right? Like I just, I really think this lightning team is so good and that probably gives away who I have at one, but that's kind of why I bumped Carolina down here. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah. I was, I was reading pretty heavily and I'm banking on them winning the division with yes. this statement. Yeah. I mean, I think that is fair. You know, like uh, that's a, that's a very fine bet to make. Um, who do you have a five then? At five, I have Vegas, and I had Vegas be mainly because of how high I am on Colorado. Like, I think Vegas is an absolutely fantastic team, but the Avs are so otherworldly that having to go through them just sucks to me. Yeah, I, I think this is a, a fair argument. Um, I, I go back and forth on this one, to be honest. Like, I... I'll, I'll tell you, I'm going to wait to tell you where I have Vegas, but I, I think this is, that, that's a very fair argument. Um, th- this is, they better square off. Like Min- I love Minnesota, this Minnesota team. Like they've been honestly fun to watch this year. They better not upset whoever they play in the playoffs because I really, really, really want a Colorado Vegas series. Colorado Vegas might be like the most watchable second round series since the old like Pittsburgh Caps series. Yeah. Or like, what was the other Winnipeg, Nashville? Remember that in 2018? Or it was just like a war. Yeah, like you knew pretty much whoever was doing like honestly, like people thought whoever was winning that was going to the cup finals and Vegas stopped them. But like you knew whoever was winning that, like that was gonna be the second round matchup all throughout the year. And it was like this team has a great chance to go all the way. And it was just an absolute war. But like, yeah, Colorado Vegas is just a dream matchup. Oh, it'll be so good. I'm sorry. I, I, it better happen. Yeah. And so, um, you know, actually I'll just, uh, no, I'll, I'll wait, but yeah, like I, I think your, your arguments for Vegas are definitely fair though, that, you know, um, it's kind of the same idea with me and Carolina. I'm really high on Tampa. I, I don't get me wrong. I'm super high in Colorado. I think that, uh, um, you know, to me, I think you can add Carolina into the mix of top five teams, but to me, like Tampa, Vegas, Colorado are clearly the best three teams. And then Toronto's a really good team there who gets boosted from their weak division. And then, you yep. know, Carolina's also right there with them. But like the Vegas, Colorado, I think are undisputed to me, two of the top three teams in the league. Oh, 100%. The divisional effects are so, so aggressive this year. Like Vegas is distinctly better than Toronto, but I have two spots lower just because of these divisions. Yeah. Um, so we've covered all the way up to four for you, correct? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you had uh, Carolina four, uh, Vegas five. Um, okay. Yeah. So I had, um, I, I don't have my four said yet. I have my top four. Uh, I actually have Colorado four and this is probably a hot take, but I have Vegas three. I saw I have Vegas three Colorado four. And the reason I have them in that order is just because Right now it's looking like Colorado is probably going to have to play the wild in the first round. And I'm super high on the avalanche as well, but man, the the golden Knights aren't that far behind them. You know, Uh, Colorado has been dominating people um, on five on five this year, 59% expected goals. Guess who's right behind them at 57.5%. 
the Vegas Golden Knights. And, uh, you know, maybe I think the thing that you could say for Colorado maybe is that um, they've been hurt a lot more this year. So they've had to put up and, and the middle of the ice is going to be the big swinging factor. I think like that's where Vegas is really going to have to be careful because I still don't love their center depth at all, but you know, they're so strong on the wings and, um, the, the nice thing for Vegas is they have two legitimate starting options this year in, in Flurry and Robin Leonard too. So um, that's why, you know, just it's mostly the Minnesota factor. If it looked like the Knights were going to have to play Minnesota, I would have the Knights four and um, Colorado three. But I, to me, they're kind of interchangeable just depending on who has to play the much harder team in round one. Yeah, that makes sense. And Minnesota is really good. But I was just listening to uh, you sent it to me, the Rob Palazzola podcast when he was on the PDO cast, he was talking about how like the avalanche are the best team he's ever seen. As long as he's had his model, their Corsi and stuff is like, Oh wait, red wings and like 2012 Kings. Like they just seem like such an undisputable juggernaut that I just have them in a completely different class from everyone else. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fair enough. Like they're just, it's such a special thing that they're building there. And like the fact that it's like for some of those teams, you would say like, yeah, this is, probably like the best we're going to see them. There's a good chance. This is not the best we see the Colorado avalanche over the next three years. Yeah. There's a chance they get better, which is wild. It, and normally it's insane. You know, like... metrics. And then admittedly their metrics might look slightly more pedestrian. If the Tampa Bay lightning were like fully healthy this year to have someone to kind of spar with them at the top, but they don't have that, but still it's been absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing for me too. And that's kind of why them, you know, again, like it's for me, the top four are all just like really high up. Um, and I, I don't think if you, if you told me that in almost any order, the top four could be arranged, I probably wouldn't have too much of an argument. Um, the, the biggest thing for me is just Vegas and Colorado are going to have to go through each other. And that is just going to be a mayhem. Like those are like, I, again, I, I think there is a case to be made that they're teams one and two in the league, maybe one and three, two and three, however you want to put it. And just the fact that they have to like clash in round two is insane. Yeah. It sucks for both of them, but it's going to be awesome for us. Yeah. Um, so who did you have three then? At three, I have Toronto. Yeah, so I have them too. Um, I'll explain why I have them a little higher than Colorado and Vegas, but you go first. Um, I'm a little bit lower on them. Basically, I just think they're a worse team, although I think they're way better than everyone else in their division. So when that's true and just getting out of the division is half the battle, they got to be super high up on these rankings. Yeah, I think their division is absolute trash. And I have, uh, you know, maybe I shouldn't go that far, um, but you know, I've that's kind of why I've put them here. Um, it just um, again, like I, I think they are going to. I, I don't understand the takes of the the Canadians are a playoff team or whatever. Like I think the Leafs are going to feast on the Canadians. I think it'll be a good series, but I, like if it ended in five, it wouldn't shock me at all. And then uh, again in the second round, I said I like Edmonton just in terms of like all they need to do is sneak one round out to be in the conference finals. The Leafs are still going to be that favorite team and probably favored 55, 45 or so. Uh, the yeah. fact that like, they're probably what, like if they go against the Canadians, it's 65 plus percent chance they're winning. I would assume. Oh, right? I think so. Cause like, like maybe the Canadians whole thing is that they can drive play. Well, Toronto has more shooting talent and they have a better RAPM expected goal differential. Like Toronto is the second best RAPM expected goal differential at even strength in the league. So if the Canadians can't rely on outplaying them, they're going to have to outshoot them or outgoalie them. 
the goaltending's a coin flip, and their shooting's close enough to it, but like the odds are way in Toronto's favor. Absolutely. Also, I should mention with the Colorado and Vegas stat that I pulled up for expected goals. Uh, that was just since the trade deadline, and Toronto's third, by the way, since the trade deadline expected goals. Like, um, but yeah, like it's. I like. I think they're going to steamroll whoever they play in the first round, and then in the second round, I don't think they're going to steamroll anyone. But uh, oh, I mean, if they play the Jets, honestly, I think I would have them heavily favored again. But uh, you know, if they play the Oilers, I, I think they should be fairly favored, but not like unreasonably, you know. But even just like again, the fact that I've said that for two rounds in a row is more than I can say about any other team in this league because Tampa's going to have to play Carolina and maybe Florida. Uh, Colorado or Vegas are going to have to play each other. And one of them's going to have to play um, Minnesota and the East teams are just all going to have to play each other. And I don't think any of the East teams are near as good as Toronto. No, I don't think so. I think they're very, very distinctly above any of the East teams. Yeah. And part of me is like laughing because I feel like I'm buying into the hype of Toronto again, just for them to lose in the first round by getting PDO'd for Carey Price, having like a 980 or something like that. But uh um, I don't I, I really do think, yeah, like, like you can just see it happening, right? But I, I don't know. I, I really do think that this is um, going to be their best opportunity in years to, you know, really make some noise. And not like not saying that they're screwed next year or anything, but just the fact that they could make it to the conference finals without having to face either of uh, a normal Boston or a Tampa, you know, especially Tampa Bay is so massive. A hundred percent. I think something maybe worth touching on is why we believe that, at the start of the episode, the North Division isn't the reason McDavid scored all of his points, and also why Toronto's going to so high in cup odds because they're in the North Division. What do you mean, sorry? Like, um, so I believe those things be- – so it sounds kind of like cognitive dissonance, right, to be like, look, get off McDavid's back. The North Division's not that bad. And also, the Leafs are going to win because their division sucks ass. Right, right? yeah, but like the – the division sucks ass because no one can score or like the, like Montreal can't score. Calgary can't score. It doesn't suck because none of them are playing defense. Like everyone wants to imagine. Right. Like, yeah. Like I, I just, I completely agree. I just wanted to touch on that. Cause like, even though the Canadians, I think the Leafs are way favored on in the playoff series, they should kill them. Like the Canadians are bad defensively. They're just a bad hockey team. Yeah, they, they have find good you know good underlying numbers uh, over the year. I think they're seventh this year in expected goals, and yep. they just don't have shooting talent. You know, and like yep. it's not like that's a bad hockey team. It's just when there's just a lack of juggernauts in the division. But again, it's like yeah, like Montreal and Calgary both play like like both of their problems right now is they can't buy a goal. Uh, you know, if they sold their soul for it, and that's why it's like it's kind of one of those things where it's like yeah, like get off McDavid's back, but also. The Leafs are just a team that plays amazingly five on five, can score, and can actually play some defense this year too. Uh, you know, which is just more than you can say. They they just have so many less holes than any other team in this division. Yeah, like the second those defensive metrics short up, like they have this year, they become a very scary team to play against because they have the best goal scorer in the league with one of the best play, like they're just so good offensively that as long as they're competent defensively, they should be scary to play against. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm assuming you probably have Colorado or Tampa two, Colorado one. Yeah. Yeah. So I have Tampa one. So mine went Tampa, Toronto, Vegas, Colorado, Boston, Carolina, Edmonton, Washington, Florida, and then the Islanders. Um, I think Colorado one is a fair, like I don't, I don't, there's not, um, 
I don't think like, I, again, I, I think that any of the top four to me are kind of fair. There's arguments for and against both. Uh, um, we kind of already laid out the, the Colorado one. Let's, let's take a look at Tampa again to me, the biggest thing with Tampa, their, their underlines haven't been like their eighth in expected goals and somewhere around there in Corsi four percent as well, but they've played the, um, whole year without the MVP and Nikita Kucherov and, you know, Stamkos has missed some time. We know Kucherov is healthy. It sounds like they're going to get him back as soon as they can fit him under the cap. So, you know, he's going to be ready to go by playoffs, maybe shaky for a game or two, but uh, I just don't think we've seen near the best Tampa Bay lightning team. And they're still a top five team in the league. Yeah. They're a top five in, team in the league already. And it's one of those things where like you're they're it's going to look so obvious once they get Kucherov back, but like the reason why their results aren't quite as impressive, like they they're missing the league MVP from two years ago and they're already amazing. Like you inject that back in the lineup and it's absolutely insane what they're probably going to be able to do. And there's also probably a little bit of a thing where it's like, we like they just won the cup. I can't imagine they're trying to go balls out every single night. Exactly. Right. They kind of know, especially because it's like, just like, and I don't put too, too, like, I I think it's kind of overstated sometimes about, um, you know, what they did in terms of load management, like two years ago, it's the same argument with the, um, the golden state warriors. Remember that year they won 71 games and lost to Braun in seven. Yeah. Well, they, the next year they won, like, I don't know. They still want to say 60 something games and they won the, 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 the NBA finals. And everyone's like, it's because they were resting during the regular season. It's like, no, they lost. They, the, the reason they didn't win the year before when they won 73 games or whatever it was, wasn't because they were too tired in game seven against LeBron. It's just LeBron went God mode for games five, six, and seven. And that's what bumped them out of the playoffs. I don't think they were exhausted playing the Columbus Blue Jackets or anything like that. They just accidentally, you know, like Bobrovsky stood on his head and the Blue Jackets frustrated them and they couldn't score for four games. Like that's hockey. It happens. You know what I mean? So like, I I think it's overstated a little bit, just like how much less they tried last year or whatever. But I do think there's at least something to be said that they're probably not just going balls to the wall every night. A hundred percent. Like even if it's only like a, 2% 2% increase or whatever. It's still probably something. And I just love the, the Columbus thing. It's the classic hindsight bias because no one going into that series was like, oh, the Lightning were too good this season. They're going to lose. <laughs> yeah, no one's like, yeah, the Lightning just, uh, they were trying too hard. I think they're going to be too exhausted in game one after they have a 3 nothing lead heading into the third period. Like, I just, I, I really don't, or in second period, sorry. Like, I just really think they're too tired right now. They're going to get swept, you know, like. Yeah, like no no profitable sports better is going to be like, I think this team was far too good in the regular season, and that's why I'm betting against them right now. Yeah, it just it, it's not going to happen. But I, I don't know. That, that's the thing. I do think that there is something to be said that they're probably not going all out, especially in a 56-game season like this. But I think it's also important not to overrate that as well, like people love to do, you know? Yeah. yeah and I, I the health will obviously be the biggest one because it's not even like – Kucherov coming back from a season ending injury, usually you'd be like, well, I don't know. Is he fully healthy? But by all accounts, they're getting Nikita freaking Kucherov back. Yeah. Like if they could, I think he probably would have been in the lineup as soon as Stamkos went out. Like, but they still didn't have the room to fit him. I don't think, which is just like, that's how absurdly capped out they are. And that speaks to how absurdly good this team is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're absurdly um, capped because they couldn't afford everyone, even though they're all underpaid. 
Yeah, mostly. You know, like obviously you probably want rather Tyler Johnson off your board, but it's not like Tyler Johnson's even a horrible player. Um, all right, let's go through your list one more time. I'll go through mine. I got Tampa, Toronto, Vegas, Colorado, Boston, Carolina, Edmonton, Washington, Florida, New York, Islanders. And then I have Colorado, Tampa, Toronto, Carolina, Vegas, Boston, Washington, Pittsburgh, New York, and Florida. Yeah, so pretty similar list. I think the only team you had Pittsburgh on, I didn't. I had Edmonton on. That was the only team that was different in our top 10. Yeah, and then I'm looking compared to like betting markets, we're both higher on Florida, which maybe we're not properly accounting for the Ekblad injury, or maybe we are just more looking at their underlying metrics a little more. Uh, you're, and then I'm higher on Pittsburgh. You're lower on Colorado or the main big ones there. Yeah, I do think it is fair with Florida too. Um, you know, I, I think if you want to bump them out of the top 10, listen to how much I just raved about Tampa. I mean, that's one team they're going to have to play to go through because it, I mean, Florida has a chance at the division, but I would say they're probably third most likely, you know. Uh, and then they're also going to have to go through Carolina, who we both think is the top five team in the league. So you're going through like arguably the third and fifth, second and fifth, second and fourth best team in the league or whatever. That's a, that's a pretty hard ass just to get out of your own division. Yeah, you're still going through a murderer's row there. Yeah, and it's kind of the same idea where, like, I think if someone had them outside, like, I honestly could make the I, – I think I could make the argument if I just put some more time in this that putting Pittsburgh 9 and Florida 11 is what I should have done because I do think Florida and Minnesota – I think Florida's underlying numbers are a little better, but Florida and Minnesota are kind of in the same idea where it's like it doesn't really matter how good the team is. It's just they have to go through two just juggernaut teams. Yeah, 100%. And then what do you think of Winnipeg? They're 11th on Bodog, and I didn't even really consider them for a top 10. What do we No, I, I think if I had to rank them, I would put them probably 13th still. Like, But that mostly just speaks to how bad most of the third-place teams in the divisions are. Because like, if you're comparing them to... So, like, teams I definitely would have had them. Hurricanes, Panthers, Lightning, of course. All four teams in the East that are going to make it, of course. Um, Golden Knights, Avalanche, Wild. I think I would have the Wild ahead of them too, right? So there's 10 teams already. I have the Leafs, and to me, the Oilers are better as well. I don't know about you. So there's 12 teams. So then it basically comes down to do you like the Jets more than the Blues? Do you like the Jets more than the, the Habs? playing the, the Leafs, granted. And do you like the Jets more than the Predators or Stars who have to go through Hurricanes and maybe Lightning? Uh, yeah, you probably like them more than all those teams. Maybe not Dallas. I like them more than Dallas just for Hellebuck, and then that's it. Like, I, I really don't love the t- Jets team. I think they're pretty overrated. I mean, granted, the market's come back down on them because they've lost four in a row or like the, not the market, the, the mainstream media has as well. Cause they've lost four in a row, but I've just, I haven't been high on this team all year, but they also have a Vesna caliber goaltender in that. And I can, you know, it's easier to see him stealing a series or two than it is anyone else. Right. That's true. And then the one other, on the other hand, the concern is out for the season sounds like way more dramatic than what it actually means right now. But if Ehlers isn't healthy, that team that already gets filled in at five on five might just get absolutely exposed. Yeah, taking your best forward for the year out or even having him at like 80% instead of 100, uh, that that gets dangerous real quick. Yeah, taking your only like elite play driver out of a team that can't drive play at all is not a good look if he's not healthy. 
Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, that's our list. Uh, that's kind of what we're looking for for the playoffs. I think next week we will, we're hoping to have a guest on. So uh, stay tuned for that. Um, and then after that, it'll almost be playoffs. So we're, we're getting there, Chase. Uh, two more weeks, I think, till playoffs. Three more weeks. I, there, there's Right now, games are scheduled till the 15th, but then there's like Calgary and Vancouver playing three times to the 19th. My gut tells me that when both of those teams are inevitably eliminated from the playoffs, those games either get played while the playoffs are going on or scrapped from the schedule completely. Wouldn't shock me if they scrapped them. Because, like, the only thing they're going to rely on is the lottery points. And, honestly, just go by points percentage at that point because people might complain that points percentage is a little weirder, but it's not like either of those two teams are going to be trying for anything. They'll probably scratch anyone worth a damn for the last three games of the year so they don't get hurt. Yeah, exactly. You're not trying to have a major injury to someone important in that time anyways. No, exactly. So, um, yeah, we're, we're probably an episode or two away from the playoffs. Uh, you know, obviously, we'll, we'll, if we have a guest on next week, we should be able to do maybe one more week, and then we'll have our playoff preview show, which uh, I, I'm always excited for. I love doing the playoff previews and recaps and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, as always, find my work at lastwordonhockey.com, milehighhockey.com. You can find me on Twitter at NHL Sims and stuff, and Chase on Twitter at CMHockey66. And have a good week. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.